Um, Y'all seem to be good with that. I might take you up on that, man. That worked out pretty good right there. Uh, I'm kidding, but I do want to bring you something today from the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he, Jesus, entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about by much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left, left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. I want to speak to you for just a few moments this morning. I do understand there's a lot of plans today, and I just would take just a few moments. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of distraction, the power of of distraction. Everybody say thank the Lord for the word. God bless you. Thank you for standing and you may be seated. I believe it goes without saying here today that we are a distracted culture, very divided culture, but very distracted culture. Perhaps it is because we live in a world of instant communication where these or own us all the time, except when you really need somebody and you call them over and over and they don't answer and they forgot their phone in the car and whatever. But typically, these are attached to our hip and to our wrist and our ear and anywhere else we can put them. We call, we text, we email, we upload to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Probably somebody is doing all of the above right now. What you folks don't realize is these phones give off some light. You see that? And when you hold it up to you, your face turns blue. And I can tell you look like fluorescent lights when you're fooling with your phone during church. I can tell... uh, What's going on here? But web designers and technology experts realize and even tell us that we are a distracted culture. Website analysis revealed that we spend about one minute on a web page before we get distracted and move on to another. So web designers, from my research, have about one minute to get their message across to you or you'll move on to something else. You parents here today who have teenagers know exactly what I'm talking about. As I prepared this sermon, I discovered that teenagers send or receive, on average, 3,339 text messages a month. This is about six text messages per hour they are awake. Adults in their 20s to 30s send around 1,630 text messages a month, and that is three texts per hour 
when we as adults are awake. These stats highlight how distracted we have become. How many of you wanted to have a very serious lunch appointment with somebody or a dinner date with somebody and you have to share them with all of their contact list? We very rarely ever have each other's full, undivided attention anymore. We share them with their smartphone. Many of you here this morning have spent hours perhaps even years, lecturing your children about the implications of drinking and driving. Now we've learned that the leading cause of death among teenagers is texting and driving. So how do we have conversations with our children about the seriousness of being distracted behind the wheel when so many of us model the same behavior? We spend our days worried and distracting. Uh, So some people may be thinking there's a difference between Martha's worries and our own. Martha, the lady I read about in Scripture. Martha, we believe, is more concerned about the mess in the kitchen than spending time with the Messiah, who happens to be sitting in her family room. And it's no wonder Jesus said to her, the things that he said. So given the context of this gospel, it certainly feels as though our worries and distractions have a little more significance than Martha's did. And I I would like for you to think that Jesus wouldn't say these words to us as he did to Martha. So we would agree today that certainly... Jesus would understand our worries and our distractions because they are far more legitimate than what Martha's were. Certainly, Jesus would understand the worries and distractions that come, say, with owning your own business or being self-employed. Certainly, Jesus would understand the worries and distractions that come with being in management on the job. Certainly Jesus would understand the worries and distractions of being a parent of one or more children with all the school projects and extracurricular activities that come with that. And certainly Jesus would understand the worries and distractions of someone even without a job who is struggling to make their mortgage payment or to pay their utilities. Certainly Jesus would understand the worries and distractions of someone who is struggling with an illness, perhaps a terminal illness, or going through a divorce, or who has recently lost a, a loved one. It seems crazy to think that Jesus' words to Martha would apply to our worries and distractions of today, but they do. When I looked at today's gospel in the Greek, I discovered two things. The Greek words used to describe Martha's worries and distractions actually mean to have an agitated mind. That's what the words actually mean. Those words apply to our own worries and the distracted culture that we live in. We have an agitated mind And I think most of you here today would concur with that. I think we forget sometimes that a lot of emphasis the Gospels of the New Testament make 
uh, pertaining to our lives today. It talks about the renewing of your mind. Our heart can be right with God, but our mind can be distracted and very agitated due to all of the cultural upheaval that's going on in our world today. And not only that, but a lot of upheaval and disunity that may be going on in our own homes, in our own marriages. So as far as the importance of what Martha is doing, the word used to describe her activity is diconian, which literally means to serve. Uh, those, those words, that word is where we actually get the word deacon. Martha was worried and distracted because she was trying to serve Jesus. Her source of frustration wasn't her job and family relationships and what have you. The source of her frustration came in in her service to Jesus. And I believe that is noteworthy here today. Her work was important work. And it had something to do with what she was doing for Jesus. Isn't it ironic? Hear me today, Grace Church. Isn't it ironic that many of our worries and distractions are a result of serving God? God calls us to serve in particular jobs and vocations. And those jobs comes with worries and distractions. God calls us, calls on us to be a loving spouse to a specific person, and that too comes with worries and distractions. God blesses us with children and grandchildren, and they come with a whole bundle of worry and distraction. So many of our worries and many of our distractions are a result of the gifts that God has placed in our lives. Now before some of you think that I'm out in left field, let me remind you of some biblical things here. I want you to notice the power of distraction as it impacted Cain in the book of Genesis. The first brother, the very first brother on this planet was distracted by the sacrifice of his other brother Abel while Abel was worshiping. Samson was given amazing gifts, was given amazing gifts by God. But he was distracted in the convictions that went along with that gifting by Delilah. Demas was filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. But he was distracted in his commitment in serving God by loving the world a little bit too much. So that is why it's important to look at this text and pay attention to Jesus' response to Martha. Jesus isn't undermining Martha's work or concerns. Jesus just simply says, Mary has chosen the better of the option. In other words, Mary has not allowed her relationship with me to get her distracted by what's going on in her life And her relationship with me is not burdensome, it's a joy. Her relationship with me is something she enjoys doing. It's not something that 
is imposed on her or that I'm forcing her to do. So if Martha could somehow restructure her mentality and her perspective, Jesus is saying, that she could find her own joy in serving God as much as Martha does. I want to preach to all of us here today on Mother's Day that our lives reek with distraction. It reeks with frustration. We're all burdened by terrible things that plague our minds every single day. But rising up out of the middle of that ought to be sheer, strong, genuine love and peace and joy towards our sweet Jesus who has delivered us and saved us from a lifestyle of far more heartache. Everybody clap your hands this morning. So what did Mary choose? Mary chose to take a moment to disengage from worry and distraction in her life. She chose to be still before the Lord. She chose to take a moment to hear the word of the Lord. I want to say that again. Mary chose. It was a choice. It was a choice because it was a priority. It was a choice she made because she was in love with Jesus. It was a choice she made because she felt it was the right thing to do. So she separated herself in her mind and in her physical being. I'm going to separate myself from distraction. I'm going to separate myself from all the things going on in my life. And I'm going to take a moment to kneel at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to take a moment to hear the Word of God. It's that choice that Jesus wants all of us to make. So we are to make Mary's choice our own. Jesus said, Come unto me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Evelyn Underhill A 20th century Anglican spiritual writer once wrote, We mostly spend our lives conjugating three verbs. To want, to have, and to do. To me that personifies American culture and it's even come into the church. That is to want, to have, and to do. She says, in the process, we forget the most fundamental verb of all, and that is to be. We do, we have, and we want, but we avoid or ignore to be. And that is to be in a healthy relationship with God. I want to go on to say, not only is it imperative that we be in a healthy relationship with God, and that's where all of our relationships should begin, but it's also imperative that we're in a good relationship with our spouse and our kids and our parents and our grandparents, our grandkids right down the line. It takes exercise. It takes discipline. It takes accountability to separate yourself from the distractions and the pressure and the anxiety of life and say, I'm going to take what's priority in my life and I'm going to build my life around that. And I'm going to begin with a relationship with God and a relationship with my family. It's these things are priority and it's these things that we must do. I want to point out today that God has blessed a lot of us and I include myself in the picture, with a great spouse, with great kids, 
with great-grandkids. It goes right down the line. All of us are blessed, but somehow or another, the influence in our life that drives our motives, that drives our attitude, that drives our, our perspective, that drives our mentality is the pressure and the distractions of things around us. We forget sometimes just simply to stop and smell the roses. So Jesus tells Martha that Mary has chosen the good part. And us living in a distracted culture now more than ever, we need to find time in our days to unplug from the distraction and to choose what Mary chose to be with God in prayer, to be with God in reading and studying Scripture. I say these things all the time. I say them all the time. Yes, I do. I encourage you to maintain a healthy relationship with God. But oftentimes our lives begin to go shipwrecked because we ignore that admonition. And we don't realize how badly we've ignored it until things are completely spinning out of control and we can't get things back into the context in which God intended for them to be. I want to say again, God has placed some great gifts in our lives. We need to prioritize our life and keep our mentality and our attitude and the way it should be so we can enjoy the fulfillment and the joy and all of the benefit that these relationships are supposed to produce in our life because God ordained it to be this way. So we see in this gospel text, it doesn't just happen. It's not natural for these things to happen. It's easy to get caught up in the job, and it's easy to get caught up in a hobby, and it's easy to get caught up in the bank account, and it's easy to get caught up in this, and whatever you want to put in that blank. All of us know that. It's easy to get caught up in those things that distract us all the time, and we neglect the things that should be the most important to us. And what this story illustrates to us is that Mary made a choice. I'm not going to cave in to the desires and pressure of my family. Jesus is in my house. That don't happen every day. That don't come once a week back in that culture. He may never be physically in my house again. So while he's here, I don't care what's going on in the kitchen. I don't care about a meal. I think some of us need to reach the point where we're so hungry for God. I'm not going to work overtime this week. I'm not going to spend time going on the hobby thing this week. I'm going to devote some time to a prayer room, to a moment with God. I'm going to spend some time with my family. I'm going to embrace my kids. Is anybody hearing me today? We have, we have fallen under this huge umbrella of distraction and it's time to get the priority straight and say I'm going to seek first the kingdom and if I do, all these other things will follow behind it. So it's a choice. Jesus tells Martha that Mary has chosen, has chosen. Everybody say chosen. She's chosen the better part. Mary takes a moment to disengage from the to want, to have, and to do of this life in order to be with God. Personally, I have found that when I unplug, I leave the worries and distractions for a few minutes, and I choose what Mary chose. I choose to not think about things. I choose 
to not let my mind wander. I choose not to let my mind take me off on a tangent somewhere. I leave worry and distraction behind for a few minutes. And I find if I can plug in with God for just a few minutes, my day will be filled with a life-giving, life-sustaining, life-redeeming, life-transforming grace. Some of you may chuckle at this, but I do this invariably every time I get on my motorcycle. I don't have a backseat driver. As one comedian said, I'm without an airbag (laughs) on that trip. But seriously, I can put some, I use, get on Spotify, and I plug in the Grace Church prayer music. And when I'm driving down the road, usually in a rural part of our wonderful state, I'll pour my heart out to God. I've cried so hard sometimes I almost had to pull over because I couldn't see the road ahead of me. But I put all the stuff out of my mind, and I want to choose to be with Him for just a few moments. It is though I'm given a gift. It is a gift of grace. It is a gift of love. It is assurance that God's presence is with me that day. It's a gift that Jesus says, and he said it to Martha. What she has chosen will not be taken away. I would like to add to that and cannot be taken away unless we as an individual person allow that to happen. I want to say to all of our moms here today, there's not a better thing you can do, whatever you have planned for the rest of the day. There's not a better thing that you could do today than to unplug just for a few moments and plug into Jesus and say, God, I need your help for a little while. I've got to be a mother today, and I've got to be a mother tomorrow, and I've got to be a mother next week and next year. That actually applies to all of us, but it would behoove all of us today just to unplug. Yeah, the restaurant will be there in a few minutes, and I'm essentially done with my message, but the point I want to strive here today is I believe it would do the heart of God an amazing, it would give God an amazing blessing, but God only knows knows what it would do to all of us if we could just take a moment just take a moment just take a moment and say God for just a few minutes could I just have some one on one time with you I was actually teasing as all of you would know about Gary and Ricky being here this morning The truth of the matter is I remember when we were teenagers on numerous occasions, Gary and I would sit with our Thompson Chain Reference Bibles and study for three and four hours and discuss ideas and Scripture and whatnot. On many occasions, we'd go to the church and pray to the wee hours of the morning. That's what we did. Because even back then as teenage boys, 17, 18 years old, We had a hunger for God. And yes, we were into the girl thing, believe you me. We talked about all the girls, and I think by then he had pretty much called him one out and all that business. I did too, probably. I think this is not in my notes, so I'm having to rehearse here real quick. We had our distractions. We had our cars. We had our jobs. We had hobbies. We loved sports. We were constantly playing sports. 
anything we can do. I remember one time my sweet mother-in-law was so impressed. Ricky and I were trying to play ping pong outside one day under their carport, and it was too windy. Kept blowing that little old light ball everywhere. So we had an idea. We'd just go in and rearrange the living room and haul it inside. My mother-in-law was real impressed by that when she got home from work that day. She walked in smiling and said, I'm so glad y'all did that. My living room looked so much better. That's not quite what she said, but we'll, we'll let that rest with your own imagination. Several years ago, uh, one of my favorite authors is Max Licato. And he wrote a book. I have it in my library. I refer to it sometimes. The title of it is Traveling Light. The inspiration for that book, if you'll stand with me this morning, was he was sitting on an airplane about to fly somewhere, and and it looked like the plane was full, and it's, it's like they were waiting on that one last person. That one last person finally showed up, and it was a mother, a very young mother, Actually, her seat was maybe a row or two in front of him. But she walked on that plane, and she was so frazzled. Who knows what it took for her to pack for her and her two or three very young kids to get to the airport, to get at the airport and wait for the airplane. When the boarding came, no no doubt she was perhaps changing a child's diaper, whatever she was doing. it, It caused her to be very late getting boarded on the plane. One of the kids was crying. Another one was hungry. And she had all this gear. She had toys, a purse, a blanket, a phone, a computer, a diaper bag, all the necessary things for children. They were crying. They were cranky. They were hungry. All the overhead compartments by now were full, and her frustration level was off the chart. Locato wrote in his book that several people, including himself, got up and While she tended to her kids, they did their best along with the flight attendants to get all of her things situated on that plane, helped her to get seated. And that inspired him to write a book called Traveling Light. You travel with the minimum. Travel with only what is required, only what is absolutely necessary. And I want to encourage all of us to do that. I read the scripture a few moments ago where Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. His implication in that is there are some things that you carry that you don't have to. There's things that you have bottled up in your mind, in your thought process, in your mentality that doesn't have to be there. You can have a moment with God where all of that can be unloaded, where you can give all of that back to Him, and He willingly will carry it. I'd like for all of you to take a moment right where you are as they begin to sing and play softly. If you, if your spouse or family's here today, if you want to take them by the hand, if you feel comfortable to do that, if you, if you feel it's appropriate. But I'd like for all of us to take a moment right where you stand and just unplug for a little while. Don't think about lunch right now. We're, we're about done. Four or five minutes, you'll be, you'll be dismissed. But I'd like for you to take two minutes today. And just say, God, I want to unplug for a few moments. And I just want to think about you right now. I want to take a hold of your hand right now. God, I want you in my heart. I want to feel your presence about me right now. I want to know that today 
I'm going to be in your hands the rest of the day, that everything's going to be fine because I'm in your hands. Would you do that all over the house today? All over the house. Let's talk to the Lord together as a family. As good friends, let's talk to the Lord together. Father, today, I pray in the name of Jesus that the Spirit of the Lord would settle in on this beautiful congregation of people today. I pray that the voice of the Lord would be heard. We're all distracted. We all have things in our lives that really don't need to be there. They're they're really not necessary, but we focus on them and they take up our time and they take up our our thoughts and, and their distraction. I pray, God, today for a few minutes we could just unplug from all the distractions, from all the worry. We could lay the burdens down just for a few moments. Everybody in the house, would you lift your hands heavenward and let's talk to the Lord for a few minutes. God, would you help us today? Everybody in the house, would you talk to the Lord for a few moments right now? In the name of Jesus, God, I pray today that you would help us all. Help us today. Help us, God, to reach heavenward. Help us, God, to realize that you are the priority of our life. There's not a greater than you. I pray, God, today that you would take our parenting and our marriages and help us to understand they were meant to be a gift, not a burden. They were meant to be a focus, not a distraction. They were meant to be relationships we invest in and we love and we enjoy. Not burdensome, not disappointing, and not saddening. Help us, God, to take the gifts you've given us, the blessings, God, the finances that you've blessed us with. And to understand is to live life joyfully, not burdensome. Help us today, I pray. Help us, I pray. Let's talk to the Lord for another moment. Everybody in the house, would you talk to the Lord for another moment today in Jesus' name?